last night, I really I was talking with Todd, and I was like, I really felt like there was just a release of, of healing and restoration that the Lord was wanting to do. And you know, <clears throat> some things happen. Sometimes things happen, and, and you ask the Lord in the natural. Things that just don't normally happen happen. And uh, and when those type of things happen, you tend to want to pay attention to it. And I'm gonna give you an example of what that means. You know, and I was I was doing some errands the other day and and I'm I'm from Texas, so I'm not from Ohio. And I'm not used to walking around snow and ice and all that. So I'm going and I took a step and in the process of me taking this step, I flew up, man. Legs up in the air, arms up in the air. <clears throat> and I landed. <clears throat> Excuse me. I landed right on my back. And I began to, I began to, uh, I went into some, like, major pain in my, my, my hip and my back. And I could feel like, like, whoa, what was that all about? You know, it's like one of those things that happened, like, what was that? And so then the next day I come in and I'm, I'm doing some stuff in, in the sanctuary and, I come and I'm, I'm coming down steps from the, from the top and it's a pretty far area and I missed my step. And I, boom, I fell down again. I fell down and this time I fell right on my, you know, on, on my, my behind and my back. And, and I just, and at that moment I said, God, what are you saying? Because, you know, things like that just don't happen. You just don't fall all the time. You just don't, you know. And, and it was interesting because all day this morning when I got up, I began to feel like this pain in my knees. And I don't have pain in my knees. You know, and the knees represent the intercession. It represents the body and the bride. It represents, <clears throat> it rem it represents the intimacy and the walk with the Lord in this season. And even, even the fall, because when I, when I fell, I was asking the Lord, what was that about? And the Lord began to speak to me, talk about how, how it was a plan of the enemy in this season to cause a disconnection from hearing the voice of the Lord. And it was trying to get us to stop us from, from, from it was to miss our step. And then I began to feel this pain in my hip. And it was, it was, he began to speak to me about it. It was a dislocation and trying to stop us from taking our step forward. And I really feel that this, even those that are in here, those that are watching online, the Lord is going to bring a realignment to where we need to be and understanding who we are as sons and daughters and the righteousness that we carry that is imputed inside of you and I. Even those people, I don't know if that's somebody watching right now, but I got a whole, before we came on, <clears throat> We begin to get emails coming in, flooded for emails from all over the nation. A prayer request for healing and restoration and, and from cancers and disease. And I mean, there's a hurting bride out there. So today I feel I believe that we're we're gonna step into some healing, some restoration, and it's gonna be a realignment of what the Father has for us today. And then tonight, we're just going to go with a Holy Ghost blowout. I just know it. It's going to be powerful. So I'm really excited about that. And, and I, I just want to say thank you for those who, who are here on, a, on a, a cold Saturday afternoon when you could be out watching Star Wars. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so I get the, uh, the, the privilege uh, of introducing... My wife today. My wife has a word. Me and my wife, we're going to we're going to tag team this morning. She has a word from the Lord that is going to be specifically for those that are in this and those that are watching today. So I want to, can y'all just welcome Alice? Come on up, Alice. I just want to thank Peter for worship this afternoon. He's super awesome, and we're thankful for him and Larry. They've been doing the worship, and that we're just thankful to have him here in the house. So this morning, the Lord woke me up, like, kind of early. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, it's, it's, if I'm being awoken, it's because the Lord is waking me up. <laughs> and my husband knows this. But I woke up this morning, and I was just, like, 
the, he wouldn't let me go without telling me what he wanted me to share this afternoon. And he was very persistent with me, the Lord. And I said, man, I was like, that's amazing because, you know, it's not only just us pursuing him, but he's pursuing us. He's running after us, and he doesn't ever let us go. He'll just keep on and keep on until we finally just um, come to an agreement with what he's trying to give us for a season. And so the title this afternoon, I want to call it Embracing Your Promise. Because that's what he was telling me this, this morning. He, you know, he woke me up and the word embrace, it means to take or grasp in your arms, press to your bosom or hug, to take or receive gladly or eagerly, accept willingly. So we have promises that sometimes it's us. We don't know how to embrace our promise for the season. And he woke me up early this morning telling me that. And he's like, the bride has to know how, you know, Todd's been releasing about the new beginning, the new beginning, and how God is releasing a breakout and a new beginning. But what if you don't know how to grab hold of the new beginning? What if you don't know how to embrace the promises God has put in front of you? That, that would have been me because in my life, I was never, you know, everything was always so negative. Everything was always, you know, like, oh, it's so, waiting for something bad to happen, you know, and thinking bad in our thoughts. You know, my dad is an older man. He's now in his 70s, and he was always waiting for something bad to happen or be ready for something horrible, something tragic. And so the Lord came in and had to reboot my process of thinking. He had to reform the way that I thought, the way I processed things. And he had to teach me a new way so I could begin to embrace the new things he had for me. And I just want to share with you about, you know, sometimes I'm going to pull up this scripture because I was reading this this morning and it was so good. What the, what the Lord was showing me. It's developing a heavenly mindset in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then also will appear in him in glory. See, when we grab hold of things, when we embrace things in our lives and come to agreement with his promises and what he's already spoken into existence in our lives, we've got to change our mindset, like it says. Being with him on, on, on things of above, things of heavenly things, and not things here, that this is all we see. Because God is so much bigger and so much greater than just what we're seeing in front of us. And so in Philippians 3.12, it says, Not that I've already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Because he takes hold of us, we have every right to take hold of our promises, to embrace our promises of what he's speaking to us this very season. We have very right because we're his sons and his daughters. We, we were created in his image. So a lot of the times we don't know how to embrace the promises because we don't feel worthy we don't feel like, like we're in a position where we can do that. And that's a lie from the enemy. He, he, he wants to stop you from taking in his promises because he knows that once you gain that promise from the Lord, there's going to be so much greatness that's going to come from each and every one of us for the kingdom of God that it's going to make a shaking and a moving come to an existence. But I want to share with you first from the scriptures of what, what it talks about when people began to embrace the promise. And it started with Moses. 
Because Moses had to embrace, embrace a promise for a whole bunch of people. Moses had to come to realization where he said, you know what, I've got to listen to God. I've got to embrace what he's given me, and I've got to lead these people out, and I've got to take them into this new beginning, this new thing, and they don't know how to obtain it. They don't know how to get the new beginnings. They don't know how to grab hold of it, but God's going to show us. And so if you, if in, in uh, Exodus they go through this struggle with Pharaoh, right? Everybody knows this story very well. They go through this struggle. If you go on to read in 1220, 1231, chapter 1231, the 31st verse, they come to a point where Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron during the night. And he tells them to get out. He ordered it. Leave my people, take the rest of the Israelites with you, go and worship the Lord as you've requested. Take your flocks, your herds, as you said, and be gone. Go, but bless me before you leave. I thought that was so funny because Pharaoh was saying, before you leave and you take everything, before you embrace your promise of what your God is speaking to you this season, can you also give me a blessing too? And I was like, that's so powerful that here this is, this Pharaoh that doesn't even believe in God. And all of a sudden, he comes to a realization of everything he had to go through in this process and says, before you leave, can you bless me? And it's like he, he had to understand the concept at some point. All the Egyptians urged the people of Israel to get out of the land as quickly as possible, for they thought we will all die all the Israelites took their bread, their dough, their yeast as was added. And it goes on to talk about in one night, everything changed for these people. I mean, very fast. Todd's been talking about the suddenlies. He's been talking about the, the new beginnings. Let me tell you how fast the Lord can work. It can happen in seconds. For them, it happened in a night. They went from being slaves to be under oppression, to be under all of this stuff. And in one night, God showed up for them and flipped their whole life around and gave them promise. Because why? Because they had to get out of there to embrace their promise to get into the promised land. They were going towards something like in Philippians. I haven't gained everything and I have goals, but I'm going to keep pressing forward to take a hold of the promise that you've given me. And so then it says, that night the, the people of Israel left Ramesses, started for Succoth. There was about 600,000 men, plus all the women and children. That's a lot of people embracing their promise. See, this is what God originally intended for us, was for us to understand and learn how to step into the new thing. Pete was up here talking about the next step and the step. See, we have to make a choice to move into it with God. We can't just stand here and say and fight the very thing God's trying to show us for new things. I'm one person that doesn't do well with change all my life. Like my life was so consistent growing up. Everything was the same for like so many years. And then God showed up in my life and started bringing change into it. And so I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's backpedal, let's, let's just wait a minute. And he did major, major changes of promise in my life where I had to just agree with him in the changes. And sometimes you don't understand the changes. You're like, man, I, this doesn't make sense, God, in the natural, it doesn't make sense, I don't understand it. And God's like, if you just embrace the promise, just say yes. Just come with me to this new beginning. Just come with me to embrace the promises I have for you. Trust in me that my thoughts are good for you every single day of your life, and I'm going to take you somewhere new, somewhere extraordinary, something with promise, and get excited about it. You know, so sometimes as Christians and believers, we get so down and out, and our heads just hang over, and God's like, why are you being like that? That's not what I intended for you. I want you to be full of joy. I want you to be excited for the new thing that I'm giving you, for the promises that I have stored up for you. You're not seeing it the way I'm seeing it. 
And so he has to come, like Pete said, and realign us, readjust our thinking, readjust what we've seen and what we've agreed with. Because we so easily agree with the enemy and his plans. But when we speak something different and see things the way God shows it to us, then we can embrace the promise. And we can see what God's really trying to get us to do. But we cannot fight that very thing he's trying to do with us for this next season. We have to flow with the Holy Spirit, with God, to embrace that promise. Don't fight it any longer. That was the one thing God kept telling me. There's a lot of wrestling matches going on. You don't have to wrestle with God because he's going to win ultimately anyways. So don't wrestle. Don't be in your mind fighting the very thing that he's trying to transform you into and change you into as his son and as his daughter. But just keep telling him yes. Yes is such a powerful word. When you say yes to God and you say yes to what he has for you this season, it has power behind it. You're agreeing with all of heaven. It's not just yes to making a move. It's not just yes to that very little thing. But God has huge dreams and huge things for us that we still yet can't see. Can you imagine if he were to show it all to us? We would freak out. We would be like, oh, God, that's too much. Like, your, your thoughts towards me, your big thoughts are too much to me. I can't handle all that. And we'd walk away. So he gives it to us in increments. And he says, okay, if you say yes to me with this, I'll show you the next thing. And if you'd say yes to me in this, okay, then take another step. And it's so awesome how God does that, just taking steps and taking steps until we receive his promise. And every season has new promises. It doesn't ever stop. So you're like, well, I've already reached my destination. No, because he's about to give you another promise. It doesn't just stop there. It's continuous. And let me tell you why I know this. Because if you continue reading in Exodus, it says, so that night belongs to him. And it might be commemorated every year by all the Israelites from generation to generation. That was the first step when they left that place of Egypt. That was the first step they took to say yes to God, to start stepping towards the goal, to start stepping towards the promises God had. They had to make a choice to get all their belongings, all their things, to actually move into it. And so it's real good when we say out of our mouths, oh, yeah, I'm excited, I'm ready, I want the promises, I want this. But if we don't take action to move into those promises and take a hold of it, then we'll never really understand what he really has for us. And we can stay stagnant and we can stay still in an area for a really long time if we, if we choose to do that. But God is teaching us to embrace his promise. Because there's so much he has for us. And it doesn't just stop with just one thing or two things. It's a continuous blessing that even then, when Moses taught them, it's still continuing today from generation to generation. That we learn how to cross over to the new things he has for us. That we learn to cross over even into the healings that God has for us. See, when you get sick... The enemy wants to keep you sick. He wants to keep you in that place of being in bondage. But that's not what you were created to be. You weren't created to be a slave to sickness, a slave to anything. Yeah, you're going to have some trials. You're going to go through some things. But we're not supposed to stay there. We're a children of promises and of destiny and of purpose. And, our, and we have to begin to see things through heaven's eyes and pull things down, take a hold of things and pull it down and say, oh, I'm not going to agree with this sickness. I'm not going to agree with, with this, this pattern that, you know, I grew up doing it this way. We've got to, man, God has broken every single pattern in my life and he's still working on me. But the patterns of our lives that we grew up knowing, he comes in to teach us a new way and we have to begin to embrace it so we can obtain the promises. They're like right there for the taking the promises. But we have to position ourselves to grab them, to take hold of, to embrace them. And saying, God, I'm just going to keep saying yes to you. 
no matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels like. I don't go by emotions and feelings, but I go by faith, God, that you've spoken it, you've said it, and my backbone, you know when the alignment even Pete was talking about, that your backbone and your back straightens up with an alignment. If you go to a chiropractor and you ask them for an alignment, that's what they're going to do. They're going to align your back, your posture. They're going to align it for it to be straight. That alignment that God is speaking about is the alignment with heaven. That you think like heaven, you see things like heaven, your promises are going to come to pass by saying yes to him. And if you're sick this morning, guess what? Jesus doesn't want you to be sick. He doesn't want you to suffer in your body. He doesn't want you to go through things. He is a God of breakthrough. If he spent all this time pulling people out of slavery to bring them into the promised land, it's for generation to generation, even for us today. And we have to remember that. It doesn't just stop when back then. Oh, well, that was then. No, no. See, that's part of our inheritance. That's part of our inheritance where, where people that went before us, they paved the way. That way we could just come and grab hold of all the goodness of God that's already happened. But see, our minds, our patterns, our thought patterns have to learn to embrace change. I remember I was in Texas, and I've lived in Texas all my life. And so God comes to me in my prayer time, and he tells me this one thing, and he says, you know, I need you to get ready because I'm about to move you somewhere. And I kept telling God, I have elderly parents, and I kept telling God, God, I'll go anywhere around the world with you after my parents are gone. That, that was Alice thinking, Alice talking. And I said, I'll go anywhere around the world with you, God. When my parents are gone, I'll go anywhere for you. That was me. And God says, I need you to get ready because I'm about to move you to, to another state. I'm about to move you to Alabama. And I was like in shock because I heard this in the spirit. And I was like, God, I've lived here like all my life. Me and my husband had our ministry there. We had, I mean, it was booming. Everything in the natural was like, didn't make sense for us to move. And you're like, and, and, and I stepped back and I said, God, I said, I don't understand why you would pick me up and move me somewhere else, but I have to say yes because you're telling me, you're asking me to do this. And I can't say no to you, God, because I all my life have, and you know, we sing these songs like, like nothing, you know, in church. We sing these songs like, send me, I'll go, send me, send me out. And then, then when it actually happens, then we're like, wait a minute, wait, no, no, no. I was just kidding, God. You know, these songs that I sing in church, you know, I, I was just kidding. Never mind. But when it actually happens, you have to continue to say yes. And, it, and, and, and I said yes, and we got in our car. And nobody understood the move. I mean, none of us did. And we're like, God, we're just going to go by faith. We're going to get in. We're going to pack our things. We're going to pack our family. My sons were like, my son was doing so well in football. My other son was a senior in school. In the natural, none of it made sense. But see, God is a supernatural God. He tells you things, and he, he sends you opportunities in your life for you to embrace them and say yes to him. Because he's positioning you somewhere where you're supposed to be for the season you're supposed to be in to embrace his promises and his blessings. And so we said yes. I remember driving that night, and I'm in this truck full of all our furniture. We're going to Florence, Alabama to move there, and I'm freaking out. My husband was in the U-Haul. I was in a truck behind him driving my expedition, and we're driving and I had my son Chris sitting next to me, and he was like crashed out asleep. All night long, we're driving to get to Alabama that night because we were answering the call that Jesus had called us to. And it's pitch black in Alabama. We don't have, it's kind of like out here. There's no city lights. So I remember I'm sitting there, and the enemy came in. And the enemy says, well, you packed up all your things, you packed up all your family. This is crazy. What do you think you're doing? And fear stepped in the car. 
And so much fear stepped in the car for me to turn around. And I remember sitting there at the driving wheel, and I said, oh, God, like, this fear is so tense. Like, I feel like I need to turn my truck around and go back home. Like, what am I thinking? This is crazy. We're moving to another city, another state. We know nobody in because you told us to, and we don't understand it. Does it make sense? And, the Lord, and, and, and so I cry. I begin to cry in my car by myself. And I'm crying, and I'm crying, and I'm like, God, you've got to show up. Because I, I went to God, and I said, God, you made all this happen. You called us to come to Alabama. You've got to show up. See, I, I was on my way, like Philippians, taking a hold of trying to step into my promise of what God had promised us to move to Alabama. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God, I was like, you've got to show up. I've got to know you're here right now, right this very minute, in this transition, in this change for me and my family, and that we're not alone. And I put a demand on heaven. So all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and within seconds, God shows up. And I kid you not, God showed up in such a huge way in my life that I will never, ever forget what he did that night for me. I turned around to the left of the truck. Mind you, it's pitch black. You guys know these roads out here are pitch black at night. Can't see anything. And I began to see this angel. And this angel was not just any angel. This angel was huge. I mean, like from the floor all the way to the sky, huge. And I could see it. And I remember turning around and seeing this angel, and the fear of the Lord came in. I could feel the power of God come among, uh, on me at that same time. And I said, oh, God, I know you're here. And I just began to cry even more. And I w there was so much fear of the Lord that I wanted to kind of huddle in my truck and hide from this angel because of the power that it carried. And I began to see this angel, and it was huge, and it looked like a transformer. Months before that, my husband had printed out these transformer shirts about being transformed. In the scriptures, it talks about being transformed by his spirit. And I had no idea what God was going to do that very night for us. And I began to see this angel, and this angel was powerful. And every time my truck would move forward, one of the feet of the angel would move forward and stride forward with me. You want to talk about steps, what Pete was talking about? That was part of God saying, just keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. Keep taking your steps because I'm right here alongside of you. He doesn't ever leave us. So I'm sitting here, and I'm like, crunched down, wanting to hide from this huge angel. And I can see the robe on the angel and the gold wrapping around it with this gold, golden rope around its waist. And I began to see the top of its head was just full of fire coming off. And I remember saying, God, that's so beautiful. Oh, my God, I know that you're real I know that the heavens are real. I know that you're right here with me. And I, it's undeniable because every time my truck went forward, every time the angel was walking with me. So can you imagine like this big old giant angel walking alongside of you in your vehicle while your vehicle's driving? It was incredible. And I knew at that moment that I was not going into my next season, my new beginnings, my new thing God had for me by myself. He was coming along with me, and he was sending transformation with me. That everywhere we went from that point on, we were bringing transformation to cities and regions across the whole entire area where we were going. And we weren't going by ourselves. And it wasn't just about me and Pete's great idea, my husband Pete's idea. But it was God blessing it and God anointing it and God saying, I'm right here with you, honey. You're not by yourself. I'm sharing this story with you to encourage you to know that this new thing, fear will try to come in. Fear will try to bind you up and try to keep you in the same place that you're always in. 
But we're called to be overcomers, that we overcome fear and we look fear in its eyes and we have every authority, every right to command fear to leave from us, that we can begin to walk and take steps towards the promises, towards the goodness of what he really has for us and not stay stuck, not stay still in those moments But we have to begin to take hold of it, to come to agreement with heaven and say, God, I trust you. I say yes to you today. Some of you might be being pulled and being tugged recently in your heart, recently in your spirit of some changes you need to do in your life, and you're scared. But I'm telling you right now, every time you say yes, Every time you say yes to the Lord, he's right there with you. He's right there helping you transform to look like him, to be like him, to function like him with power and authority and goodness and love all wrapped in together. So I just, I want to invite my husband up here because we're tag teaming today. And I know he has things he has to share too. But we serve a good God. I'm telling you right now, I don't care what person's told you that he's angry with you, that he's upset with you. That is a lie. He's not. He's waiting for you to come and embrace his promise from heaven that he's going to bring some goodness and blessings to you. This angel that she's talking about, the angel, his name was the angel of transformation. And I know she said this, but everywhere we would go, that he would go with us. And it was really amazing because in that story, I'm going to kind of go in just a little bit deeper into that. We arrived in Florence, Alabama. And like I said, we didn't have no family there. We had nothing at all. We, We literally, we didn't even know where we were going to live. You want to talk about just stepping out? We didn't know where we were going to live. We didn't have a house. We didn't have nothing, but we just said yes because we knew the promises of God. We show up in Florence, Alabama, and they give us the address, and we walk into a house. And not only did they give us a house while we were there, but they fully furnished this house. And this house was also on a commercial property, which was connected on the main section, which allowed us to to implement our radio station, Radio Air Jesus. You see, the Lord begins to do things before you even get there. And as we're there, the Lord begins to open up doors, and then we get introduced into people that they wanted us to go and be a part of their ministry, and we begin broadcasting to 1.6 million listeners all over the Tennessee Valley, from Decatur to Huntsville to the whole Tennessee Valley, We were not broadcasting, all because we said yes. The Lord did some amazing things. From there, we went to Birmingham, Alabama. We helped establish things there. We saw God move powerfully. You know, we were in Birmingham, Alabama, and we've always been, we've been, we've been connected with Todd for, for many years now, and, and, uh, but Todd, we had brought Todd and do, to do a meeting one time with us in Birmingham, Alabama. And I want to share this testimony because I feel that's what we're going to go into right now. He comes up and says, I just feel like we're going to release this, this healing for the nation, like this mantle. Come up if you're ready to receive your prayer. You know, so I go up and I'm, I'm, I'm there. And of course, I'm, you know, because we're, kind of, we're kind of connected and friends. We kind of just wait a little bit and, you know. So I go up, and they bring me on stage, and I'm there with Jason Hooper and Todd Bentley. And, and all of a sudden, they just come up, and they say, now it's your time. And they, be, they came up literally, and they began to pray for me. And as they were praying for me, it's like the power of God. Listen, I'm a big guy, but I don't do free falls. I'm not a free faller. If you don't got the anointing and you ain't got the power of God, I'm not going to fall to make you feel good. I'm not that kind of a person. You either got the goods or you don't. I'm just be honest. <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I remember I'm there and Todd comes up and you know Todd, he's all bam, bam, bam in there and, and Jason's all 
you know, they're coming at me. And all of a sudden, the power of God came in. And it was like thunder and lightning, man. I kid you not. And I'm standing. You see how tall that thing is? Well, it's a little bit taller over there at Kingsway. And when this king hit me, my body flew back. Boom! And I was on the floor just with the glory of God. And it was in that moment that the Lord stepped me into our ministry of miracles and signs and wonders. My prayer was always, God, I want to see it. I want to be a part of it. I don't want to, you know, Matthew 10, 8 says to raise the dead and heal the sick and all these amazing things. I said, God, I want that. I don't want to be that person that's, you know, just talking about what they did. I want to be the demonstrator. I want to see the power and the glory. I want to see the manifest presence where people will be impacted and transformed. The angel of transformation will come before us. I want to see your resurrection power. That's what burns inside of me. Even now I feel the glory. Because we have to get to that place where we're we're passionate and we're hungry for more of the presence of God. That we don't get so complacent being just a good Christian. I don't want to be a good Christian. I want to be a son that is operating under the authority and the love of the Father. I want to I I see people see Jesus. That was the moment that the Lord did something in my life. And we began to step into, and we were already doing ministry. I mean, we were already traveling. We were doing stuff. But that was a defining moment for us. And it was almost like, and, and I, I can, I'm, we're all live, and I can almost say this, that almost everybody that we've prayed for has received their breakthrough. Not everybody, but almost everybody has. We're seeing amazing miracles all over the world. Man, in India, I was in India. I did 15 days in India. Hindus were getting saved. Muslims were getting saved. We're prophesying to the, to the priest, and they're encountering Jesus. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. It was funny because, you know, when we transitioned to Ohio, and that's a whole other God story, and so I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. So we're here in Ohio. We've been here three weeks, and then all of a sudden my father passes away. My father passed away. It was one of the hardest things for us to do was to leave. Because when my dad told me before we left, he says, yeah, well, I've got stage four cancer. And I said, you know, Dad, I have to trust that the Lord's going to take care of you because I'm on assignment right now. And my dad knew. So every time that we're here in Ohio, everything that we do in this region, I'm saying, God, we're going to make it count. Devil, that's going to cost you. And I remember we're driving on this, this road. I had just come back from, from burying my father. I've come back and we're driving. And it was, there was a rainbow. And it wasn't just a rainbow, but it was like the double rainbow. It was like the rainbow and then the rainbow. And I know we've seen that in the past, but never in my life. I'm 41 years old, I think, right now. I think. That's bad when you don't know. I'm either 41 or 42. My wife will tell me later. She's really good at telling me how old I am. But, but I saw the rainbow. But never in my life have I ever seen both ends of the rainbow. I've always seen just and never where it lands, you know. Yeah. I've never seen that. But here, right up the road, on this I don't even know the name of the road. I saw the rainbow come and touch, and there was a double of them. I mean, we were so excited. We got off the truck and standing in the middle of traffic, and we're taking pictures. But you see, that's the double-double. 
That's the double portion. That's the double glory. That's the double present. That's your double promise. That every word that was spoken over you in the times past, every promise that the Lord gave to you, every word will not come back void, but it will come back with the fullness of the kingdom of God behind it. Why? Because it's got heaven's backing behind it. All of heaven is behind your promises. That's what Alice is talking about. Your promises have heaven's authority behind it. We're sons and daughters. And did you know that it's an illegal intrusion for our body to have ailments and disease and sickness on us? It's an illegal action in the kingdom of heaven. So what we, what we do is we just declare heaven's atmosphere. Because it says in Matthew, Matthew 6.33, on earth as it is in heaven... That means that if it's on earth as it is in heaven, that means there's no sickness in heaven. Therefore, we're supposed to demonstrate the atmosphere of heaven here on earth. The glory. So today, I believe the Lord's going to align us today. There's an alignment of heaven. There's a heavenly shifting that's taking place. We like to call it the holy shift. <laughs> yeah, it's a holy shift. Yeah, the religious scholars, they were getting, oh, he said it. Nope, it's a shift, holy shift. <laughs> Shaka donkey. <clears throat> I've got prayer lists. I've got prayers and people that were flooding in this afternoon and this morning of people. And we're going to pray for some of those tonight, today. And I want you guys to stand in agreement. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pray. <coughs> we're going to pray right now for those in this place that need breakthrough, that need healing in your body. Listen, it wasn't just a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we had a man come in from Chicago, Illinois, completely blind in his eyes, only had side vision. The Lord totally restored his eyes. Completely, he saw. He sat there with his wife and said, honey, I can see your nose. For 52 years, he was blind. Wasn't it 52 years? <coughs> 52 years, come on. So we have somebody in Alabama that says, we need prayer for my lower back. We got Kathleen says, we need, I need healing for cancer, for John, healing for David, for PTSD, diabetes, cataracts. Danielle says, praying for the pregnancy complications. Joanne says, my family needs prayer for the manifestation of the Lord, for my grandbabies. Mary says, pain for diabetes and neuropathy. Karen says, my ears keep ringing. I have hearing loss. Please pray. Blurry vision. Can we just do that? Can we just begin to pray for those people? Listen, right now, those that are watching right now online through media, television, right now in the name of Jesus, we declare the virtue of heaven to be released the virtue of heaven to be released right now we command every sickness to leave your body we command every infirmity to leave your body and we declare the goodness of God to be released and every sickness go now in the name of Jesus now mm. I'm going to go through some more of these I want to share a testimony because I want to build faith in the room. And because I feel the Lord's going to do something really special right now. I 
I remember we were in we were in Washington Courthouse, Washington Courthouse, Ohio, which I had never heard of until maybe about two months ago. <laughs> we go and I'm sitting there, and you know we go from glory to glory. You ask the Lord, Lord, I want to see more. I want, and that's a good thing to want more and say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of your presence. And I'm we're in Washington Courthouse, Ohio, and I said, God, you know I've got friends that are evangelists and they travel the world, and and I always see them like gold teeth coming in the mouth and like metal dissolving in the bodies and I'm like God how cool how awesome would that be to see that in one of our meetings so I begin to ask the Lord I said Lord I want metal to dissolve tonight I want to see metal dissolve in the bodies of people tonight I said Lord let me have some people in here that have metal so we're preaching me and my wife are there in Washington courthouse and all of a sudden, I begin to taste the metal in my mouth. And I don't know how I knew it was metal, only the fact that I remember when I was younger, I had a cap from the dentist. And it had that, you'd put your tongue on it, and it had that taste like, I don't know what it was, but you just knew that it wasn't natural. And I began to taste this metal. So I took a step of faith, and I said, you know what? If there's anybody in here tonight that you have metal in your body, tonight the Lord's going to dissolve it, and it's going to be gone. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, listen, I just want to be being obedient because you step into that place and you just want to, you you're believing for it. But, you know, if you don't ever cross that chicken line, you'll never know what God's going to do unless you do it. It is a chicken line. True story. I got another story. I'll get into just I'm going to come back to this one. But listen to this. I was in when I was in India, I'm there and they asked the Lord told me to prophesy a word to a Hindu priest. And all the other pastors that were there, they didn't want to even talk about. They didn't even want to go into the room where these guys were at. So they asked me if I would go in the room. I said, "Yeah, sure." I'll go in the room. So I go in there in the room, and the Lord tells me, tell him in three days. Tell him in three days, I'm going to show up, and he's going to know that I'm the one true God. And I'm like, God, I'm going to be here in three days. You know? And they're chopping off people's hands, and, you know, you want me to just come and talk to this Hindu priest like this? I'm like, and I did. I went up to this Hindu priest, and and I put my hand on his chest and I said this. I said, I'm praying to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the one true God. I said, and in three days, the Lord's going to come and he's going to touch you and you're going to know that he's the one true God. Come on. Talk about crossing a chicken line. You know? In three days, I didn't know that this man was one of the, the, one of the largest real estate owners in, in Ghaziabad, India. They were a wealthy real estate company. And they had properties that had been trying to sell for several years, valued in the millions of dollars each property. They had 25 properties. On the third day, a man comes in the real estate office and buys every one of the properties. Every one of the properties. And then, check this out, he calls, that, that Hindu priest guy calls the church that brought us in and said, that man that came, he said on the third day that God was going to do something. And then he said, surely his God is the one true God. Ha, ha, ha. Come on. That's a lot of glory. And then, and then I found out that he took the proceeds and he donated that to the Christian. Christian believers in Ghaziabad. Come on. God has a way of doing things. He's got a way of doing things. So that's what happens when you cross a chicken line. And I was telling you another story, but I don't remember where I was at. The metal, the metal in the body. So this, this, I pray and I start to, I, I call out the metal and then two people responded. One person said, I got metal in my ankles and I got screws holding my foot together and this and that. I can't move my foot at all. I can't do nothing because it's all metal. And another lady says, I have total knee replacement. It's all metal. I have no bones. I have all metal knees, all metal bones and screws. Nothing is real. We prayed for that one man with the foot. 
instantaneously the Lord healed his foot. The metal dissolved. The guy flips out. Boom, falls into the power of God. And he gets healed. I mean, totally the metal is gone out of his body. So then I go and I pray for the next lady that has the metal knees. I pray and nothing happened. Nothing happened. And I always say this to people. Listen, when we pray for miracles and signs and wonders and healings, I always ask the question, do you feel something different? Can you feel something in your body? Because we always want to look for the healing, not for the sickness. Look for the change. Look for the something that God's doing. And sometimes people tend to like, well, it, feel, it feels a little bit different when they really don't feel nothing at all. Tell the truth. Because it's not me, it's not the person that's doing it. It's Jesus that's doing it. He's the healer. He's the one. So like, you don't have to, it's like, like tell, like, it's okay if it's not happening. We're going to pray again. We're going to believe. Isn't that what Jesus said to the woman? The way he said, if I, woman, haven't I told you that if you only believe, you will see my glory. And that means even if you don't believe, I can believe for you and you'll still get healed. Ha! How else would the atheists encounter God? They don't believe. But if I believe for them, they'll see Jesus. <laughs> Ooh, I, feel the, I feel the tigger anointing, you know. When you go, hoo-hoo, oh, that's wing foo, right? Hoo-hoo-hoo. Come on. Holy Ghost. <laughs> I feel the glory. Huh. Hmm. So t- today, we're going to pray. And I'm believing that God's going to do something phenomenal for those that are, I mean, i got a whole lot of prayer lists, those that are watching, and those who need prayer in here today for restoration. And in this atmosphere right here of worship, we're going to take an offering today, this, this afternoon. <clears throat> if you're, if you're going to give by check this afternoon, you can make your checks payable to the emerging streams. There's envelopes on your, on your thing for the emerging streams. You can also give by card. But I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I feel like today is just going to be a day of just awakening for us. Even when they were awakened love. An awakening to the reality of who God is in our lives. An awakening of, of <clears throat> his love, his mercy, and his truth. Amen. Ha, ha, ha.